Pittsburgh Penguins continue to show who they really are. And I think you all need to believe them at this point. To start this episode, we're going to get into what the turning point of this game against the Red Wings was and why, yet again, goaltending let them down. That's coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Analyst Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Red Wings 7. Penguins forward a game that was, you know, drunk, you know, you're high on weed, you know, whatever other drug you want to say. Penguins go down 3 nothing to start the first period, looking like utter crap. They come back, they storm back in the second period to tie it. Give up a goal in the third period, they storm right back to tie it. And everything looks like it's going according to plan. They're getting quality chances, just not putting the puck in the back of the net. They're getting the goaltending. And then the turning point happened. What I mean by that is, for the third time in basically a week, eight days, I should say, eight days, third time in eight days, Penguins screwed up either midway through or late in the third period, and they do not get any points out of the game that they deserve to get. It happened last week against the Ottawa Senators. Remember, they scored with 521 left. Chad Riedel takes a really stupid penalty. With 3.05 to go, Penguins give up the ensuing power play goal, they lose. Fast forward that last Wednesday to Dallas. You're playing real well. The game's tied in the third period. You just killed off um, a power play. Chad Rito takes another penalty. Oh, boom. Game's basically over. Dallas Dallas scored two goals in not even basically a minute. Fast forward to tonight. It's 4-4. Less than four minutes to go. You're playing well. You're carrying the play. It looks like you are going to get at least a point. You're going to take them to OT, maybe get a late regulation goal to win the game and get the two points that you really need this time of year. Nope. Brian Russ takes a very stupid high-sticking penalty. Red Wings score five seconds later with David Perron, who had, you know, basically, I think I think Phil Bork said this on the broadcast, three goals in his last 20, 25 games. He's been a ghost. Get a hat trick tonight because in typical Penguins fashion, a player who is struggling has to go off against them. This team plays really bad situational hockey. And you've been seeing it all season, and it's really shown its ugly, it's reared its ugly head, excuse me, over this last week. Where would they be in the standings right now if you would have at least secured a point against Dallas, secured at least a point against Ottawa, secured a point at least tonight? You'd be tied with the Islanders right now. <laughs> you would be, you would be six points up on the Florida Panthers. The opportunity to win that game late in the third period, and during the third period, even after they tied it, was there. It is, I have had enough of these stupid late game situational, you know, just penalties where the Penguins are just, they're playing dumb. Recognize the situation. There's less than four minutes to go. You're in a fight for your playoff lines. You're going to take a really bad penalty there for no reason at all. There was no reason for Brian Russ to high stick most side of there. None. And, you know, speaking of Rust, man, has he had a brutal season. 
Last week against the Senators, he had that chance to clear the puck. Couldn't. Against the Stars, that has a chance to give the Penguins the lead before they squandered that tie game in the third period. Shoots right into Jake Ottinger's pad. Tonight, takes the penalty that would have secured them at least a point. They were going to get a point out of that game. I don't think for a second that the Red Wings were going to score a five-on-five late in that third period with the way the Penguins were playing. They were out shooting them. They were almost doubling. They almost they were almost doubling them up in shots. Man, he's just hasn't been a good season for him. He has double-digit goals, sure, but he's fighting it out there. He's making too many mistakes. I don't know what that thing is on the. Um, I think it's the uh, my phone that does it. I think it does something to my webcam. I don't know what the heck that was. Excuse me. Um, you know, just not scoring, not playing well defensively. And yeah, I mean, obviously he cares. He 100% cares. I mean, he, you know, Josh Elliott was telling us, speaking to him the other day, you know, when we were doing our hockey happy hour, he was telling me he was in the locker room, just hands, hands in his head like this after the Ottawa game, because he knew he should have cleared the puck. Tonight, I'm sure a same situation happened where he was probably just putting his hands over his face. Like, what the heck am I doing? But this is only year one of that contract, Yins. It's not looking good. That was probably the one contract that I was a bit, you know, iffy about, more iffy about, even than the Ricard Raquel one. I wasn't even a big fan of that one. I've been made to look like a fool there. But that rest one, I, th- I thought it was going to be at least okay the first couple of years. I didn't think it would be this bad this quickly. He's just not performing at the level that he should be, you know, with that five-year term over, you know, five million per, just not, he's not cutting it. It's just been a really disastrous season for him. And, you know, just cannot take that penalty there. You know, with where you are in this game, it is tied. Points are so precious this time of year. Play play smarter. That's what you got to do, man. And, you know, I'll take the time here to talk about the goaltending. Casey DeSmith, not good enough. I'm not really going to blame him for the goals in the first period. A couple of those were just on deflections. Another one was just a really nice shot. But, you know, when the game is tied 4-4 and you you know the PK is, you know, it's it's okay. It's nothing, like, groundbreaking. And you give up a goal from, you know, what was it, 15, 20 feet out, but towards the side of the net, put your stick down. It went five-hole. Can't allow a goal. That's a weak goal. I'm sorry. AHL goalies make that save. In that situation, you need your goaltender to make a save. It was a harmless shot. That should never go in. And it just snowballed from there. Perron scores again. That's another weak goal. I thought um, Dismiss should have had that one to make it 6-4. And then the Penguins are already out of the game at that point. They're probably out of the game, you know, when Perron made it 5-4. But once again, bad situational hockey, along with the Penguins just never getting a save when they need one from any of their goaltenders, dooms them yet again. This was a big week for them because you're playing teams below you in the standings. You cannot keep dropping points to these bad teams. If they miss the playoffs, circle the games against the Canadians, the Senators, and the Red Wings. I'm going to tell you why. Right now, I posted this stat on my Twitter account. Right now, they are they already combined one in three and four against the Canadian Senators and Red Wings. They are also a combined. 0 and 2 and 3 against the Red Wings and this and the Canadians alone. That is unacceptable. 
How are you not beating those teams? You can't beat those teams, but yet you can sweep Colorado and, and you can sweep Tampa Bay. You can go a 5-0 combined against those two teams who played in the Stanley Cup final last year, but you're telling me you can't beat these teams below you in the standings? Just, man. Like you're just you're you're leaving points out there. You're, you're asking the Islanders to pull away from you to for that seven spot. You're asking these teams behind you, especially the Panthers who are not even playing well, the Capitals, the Sabres, all these other teams. You are asking them, the Senators, you are asking them to start catching you in the standings. I just I I don't get it. I really don't get it all. And honestly, from the first period, they weren't even ready to play. Like, what was that? How do you no-show a game in game 74 when you are fighting just to get into the dance? That's unacceptable. Players, coaches, you can want to say equipment staff, whatever, but it's mainly just the players and coaches. Wake up. I don't care if you're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't care if you're playing the Arizona Coyotes. I don't care if you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Show up. You showed up for the game against Washington until you blew it, but then Malkin saved you. How are you not showing up for a game against the Red Wings who were coming in this game 11 points behind you in the standings? You have another one of these trap kind of games on Thursday when the National Predators come to town. How are they going to play against them? Oh, then you have Boston coming to town. That's going to be fun. Yeah, Philadelphia, who's actually surging right now. They're playing their best hockey um, this season. What's going on? You gotta be able to play these games. It's just ridiculous. But you know, again, such bad situational hockey three times in the last week, and goaltending continues to crush this team. I personally would have started Tristan Jari tonight. I obviously know that he has not been that good since he came back from the injury, but if he is healthy and he's your number one guy, you start him. I don't know if that would have made a difference in this in this um game because he hasn't been again, he hasn't been that good, but I still would have taken that chance. That's just me though. Um, you know, I, I probably think he makes that save on the Perron one to make it 5-4. I think he makes a save on the 6-4-1, but you know, there's also a chance that he doesn't just because he hasn't been that good. So you know, those are my main thoughts. Just, you know, how the game turned, you know, late in the third period and why the Penguins just can't seem to get out of their own way when it comes to that. That wraps up this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, I will get a little more positive and touch on some of the good things that I thought the Penguins did tonight. But before we get into that, we do have to touch on, no, that's not the right one, FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is really heating up with the Final Four getting ready to go this weekend. And there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. And it's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you go to FanDuel.com today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into a couple of other things. Namely, well, we'll, we'll be a little more negative to start and we'll get more into positives, especially the fourth line. But 
we have to discuss my Kyle Granlin. What the heck is going on out there? You know, it's like that Buzz Lightyear meme. There, there, there seems to be no intelligent you know, life forms out there you know, that you see on Twitter and all that. Dude was passing in obvious shoot situations. And I understand the passing is easily the best part of his game. He's a very good passer in this league. He ranks in the upper you know, echelon in terms of that. No problem with him passing in usually good situations. But in multiple instances tonight, one of which he was basically alone in front of the net and he doesn't shoot it. He passes it and it gets turned over. And then also on the power play in third period with the game tied, he's about to tee up a one-timer. He has basically a wide open net and he passes it. That was after, you know, the Penguins. And that was, I believe that was the Dylan Larkin penalty that they called on uh, Mark Friedman, where it looked like he almost concussed him. Has a wide open net, doesn't shoot it. Like, you know, and, and, you know, I and a lot of other people in the Penguins, you know, media community, we, we tried to warn everyone, you know, this is not the player that's going to make sense. This player does not shoot the puck. I don't know why, but you're, you're seeing that on full display. And, oh, yeah, there's still two more years left at $5 million per for this player. Magical stuff, Ron Hextall, really. Um, yeah, just a dreadful game from him. You know, he's only put up points in two games since coming over from Nashville. He's played his former team on Thursday. Not even close to good enough. I'm sorry. He is not playing well at all right now. You know, could have buried one of those chances that he had in this game if he didn't pass. So I want to take a moment to discuss that. Um, just he's not a fit for this team at all. So that was a problem. Um, you know, I will get a little more positive here. I thought the power play actually did look pretty good tonight. Uh, that five on three was executed to perfection by the Penguins. Really nice job. They were patient. They were, pa- they were making smart decisions with the puck. They weren't just, you know, firing random one-timers and, you know, just be trying to be Harlem Globetrotter. Nope. Kenny Malkin got the puck after a small little pass. Wrists it right in after Jason Zucker got a goal. And, you know, I believe it was Jeff Carter that also scored to tie the game at 3-3. And, yes, let's discuss the goaltender interference call. I don't have a problem with it. People were saying, like, oh, well, you know, this is what's wrong with the league and all this stuff. I'm like, I've watched that replay 10,000 times. I was watching it live. That was not goalie interference. Not how I saw it. I mean, the puck was – I must be blind. But to me, that puck was well across the goal line before Jason Zucker pushed Alex Nedeljkovic's skate. That's a goal. I don't know why people are making a big deal out of it. Obviously, Derek Lalonde was very pissed. Garrett Rank threw him out of the game after. But um, you know, if 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 that puck was not in, um, and Nedeljkovic, well, it's not Nedeljkovic, and Zucker pushed Nedeljkovic's. Uh, skate in and the puck went in then yes that would have been goalie interference but from what how i saw it that is a good goal from carter i don't think that was interference there and you know good job for jeff carter that's his that's his uh third goal in a week now so it's nice that he's heating up a little bit as we get towards the late stages of the regular season more on that in the fourth line a little later on in the show but you know two power play goals tonight really solid job by the penguins pp just you know firing a lot of pucks on net knowing that delkovich is not a good goaltender um, you know, ever since he went to Detroit, he's just really struggled. 
um, since that you know really good season, a couple seasons in Carolina. But liked that a lot. Um, I you know liked a lot of the, the the process that the Penguins had yet again. You know, and the and the process was there. Again, you know, we we you want to look at you know Jay Fresh's stats here. He, he does great stuff since the deadline. Penguins have outshot their opponents in 10 of 13 games. They've also outchanced them in 11 of 13 games. They've won five of those games. Process continues to be there. Their finishing actually was not even that bad tonight. We all know what the problems are. Bad situation awareness, poor special teams, the penalty kill on full display tonight, crappy goaltending. And bad depth, but you know, I think the depth tonight actually did step up a decent amount. But you all know it. It's been there staring at you in the face for 74 games this season. I don't think anything's going to change, even if this team does get in. I'm just sick and tired of the same things happening game after game after game. And it looks like, you know, nothing is even being fixed about, you know, you look at the stats in the Penguins, 52% of the shot attempts, 54% of the scoring chances, 60% of the high danger chances, 60% of the expected goals. You want to go to all situations. Penguins have, 54% 54% of the sh- uh, shot attempts, 58% of the scoring chances, 63% of the high danger chances, and then it was about 51-49 in terms of expected goals. At 5v5, 2.56 expected goals for the Red Wings. They scored seven goals tonight. They had 1.7 expected um, 1.7 expected goals for, and they scored seven goals. You all can make the you all can conclude what I'm sure I'm concluding right there. Again, I really no problem with a lot of what you know with you know the game plans. You know, the, I know they don't show up at times. It's weird. You know they have to climb back from three nothing down. I'd like to see them actually play a full sixty minutes. But you know the process for the most part has been there. They're just not getting results to the obvious reasons that I've probably said five thousand times. Um, this season, and you know the problems are staring at them right in the face going into this season. Goaltending, depth, lack of finishing. Nope. GM just wanted, didn't want to do anything about it. Just thought, I like my team. I like my team. I like my team. No, yep. no problem. No, no problem. No problem at all. That's 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 probably what he was thinking in his head there. And yeah, this is this is what you get. A team that cannot beat the bad teams. They only have one win against those three teams in the Atlantic Division. It's pathetic. That's what that is. So that wraps up this second segment. Coming up to end the show, I will touch on um, at least one more positive. Why the fourth line has been heating up a little bit as of late. Look for that coming up right after this commercial break. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, Eleanor Star Penguins. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So fourth line, yet again. Another game with not one, but two goals from that line. I know, breaking news. But for the second time in less than a week, the Penguins' fourth line has been really trying to help out. Jeff Carter got a goal tonight. That's Again, that's his third um, in in his last four games. Nice to see him finally show up after taking basically the entire season off. And Josh Archibald, out of nowhere, completely fooled Alex Ndelkovich on a wraparound. Don't really know what he was doing there. 
Great job from Archibald to sense it, see that he was looking the other way, and fire that five hole on the wraparound. Really nice to see him get on the score sheet because you know he's been really struggling. I think since he's come back for injury. You know, I, well, defensively, I think he's been okay, but you know, he's not really lighting a lamp. You know, his his goals per sixty is usually better than where it's been uh, this season. But you no, know, nice to see him get back on the score sheet. But you know, that's another game. You know, where the fourth line is factored in for multiple goals. And, you know, I think a big part of it is Drew O'Connor down with down with Carter and Archibald. And, you know, usually that's kind of would maybe, maybe be a death sentence for someone like O'Connor. But, man, his skating is something else. He forechecks hard. He goes to the dirty areas. He gets quality scoring chances. He also defends hard in the defensive zone. You know, he, he needs to continue being an everyday player for this team. He is not an NHL, he is not an AHL player anymore. This is a full-time NHL player, and you are seeing that on a nightly basis. You know, he got the assist on Archibald's goal. I'm really happy with how his game is progressing. And I really think, you know, ever since, you know, he they kind of put him down there with Carter and Archibald, I've really liked what I've seen. And again, you know, Archibald, really nice to see him get the goal. Carter, you know, I'm, you know this is probably just a mirage. I don't think he's going to keep this up for the rest of the season and probably in the next season. I think he's probably going to be back. But it is still nice to see him get a goal, even if it was a little bit um, lucky to say the least, but you know, Hey, they're scoring a little bit may not last, but I do like it. You know, the fourth line right now, it's definitely something that I think they can work with. Even if they get someone like Nick Benino back from injury, um, and all that stuff, Heck, they don't even have Alex Nylander playing right now. And I thought he was playing pretty decently, um, before he was out of the lineup. So, you know, that's what I'm really looking at with the fourth line, you know, Carter, he's also not getting as much ice time, which does help. Obviously, you know, you can't be playing him you know, 15, 17, 18 minutes a game, anything like that. You got to be really managing his minutes. I think that's maybe also helping him, you know, not giving him as many, you know, starts in the offensive zone, but, you know, he wins, he's able to win some faceoffs, take the puck in, you know, the good things are able to happen, but, you know, they're really limiting his ice time um, as well. So those are my really my big thoughts on the fourth line. Um, you know, there's really not much else to say about this game. You know, nice to see Jake Ensel get credit for um Malkin, you know, technically it's his goal, but it's gonna count as Jake because I think it went off his um his um, I think it was his I think it was his stick. I think that's what they said. I, I went back in the replay and, and checked it out. Yeah, and it looks like it is Jake's goal. So um, you know, he gets his 33rd of the season. Jason Zarker continues to play well. You know, God bless him. He took a really nasty shot off his knee, looked like he was gonna be out for the rest of the game. Nope, just a stinger. He is one tough freaking dude and i have the utmost respect for him but you know this team can never make it easy on themselves they can't they they coming into tonight you're like oh we got a big time to get a big win go up five points on the panthers really make it hard for these teams to catch you nope things don't want to do that they want to make everyone sweat until game 82 which is probably what it's going to come down to <laughs> it's just ridiculous already you know, I better see a much better effort on Thursday at home against the Predators. I'll say that. Much better effort against the Predators. That's another team that is down and out right now. I mean, they're, they're closer to the, the to a playoff spot than the Red Wings are. But, you know, this one's also at home. Honestly, that shouldn't even matter this time. You got to get results any way you can. But you can't, you especially can't lose this game at home. You know, it's a three-game homestand um, for these next two games. Got to win them. Now, Boston, you know, there's really no shame in losing to them, but where the Penguins are this time of year, you know, you got to win as many as you can here. 
um, down the stretch. This was one of the easier ones that they probably should have had. They easily should have had at least a point out of this and take your, take the chances in overtime where I think they probably would have taken it because they've been playing better in overtime as of late. But, you know, just they continue to not make it, you know, easy on themselves. And, you know, again, circle those losses to Montreal, Detroit, and Ottawa if this team misses the playoffs in the next few weeks. But that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. Tomorrow we'll have another episode for the show. Going to preview the game against Nashville, get into the practice notes, and all of that good jazz. So a little bit of a shorter one today, but wanted to bank it out for, you know, just bank it out, if you know, for you all. Um. No rough times for this one. We'll see if they can bounce back. Try to stay positive. You know, it's a race. It's fun. It's annoying. They're playing like crap sometimes, but it's still a lot of fun. Playoff races. I know you know you're not all used to this, but trust me, it's fun. Try to stay positive. We'll see what they can do on Thursday. I will talk with you all though on Wednesday.